Hello, everyone. Welcome to an award-winning edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, and best leading man in production, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man voted for 10 Razzies for worst host. I give you the Brent. Did I win, though? Well, also, when I said 10, I held up four. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, counting, not your Thank God I'm on the radio. They won't notice. <laughs> hey, we're back. We're back. We're back. Back in the New York groove. We were back last week. Well, I mean, we're back in the studio today. Oh. It's the first time in like three weeks, I think. Or more. It's been a while since it we were back live. Well, part of the problem was we had to rebuild the studio because, and, and even today, that rebuilding was continuing. It, yeah, it, it's currently not complete. <laughs> but we're missing a screen and a speaker. It's good to be back uh, in, in uh, our admittedly trash surroundings. I'm glad the camera's at hand. This feels like home. <laughs> yeah, big huge tra- arcade trash pile. So, Brent, how's it going this week? How's your week been, man? It has not been award winning, but it is certainly not been the worst week I've had this year. This week for me has been a week that won an award, but it actually sucked, which ironically happens to be, bam, what were the topic of this week's uh, ARG is, these are award-winning games that we think suck. Yes. They suck, the Brent. Yes. Now, you know, did you, how was your approach to this uh, particular category? I actually... When you picked your game, my first, th- my very first thought was, "Oh crap! I need to pick a game." Yeah, but, but after, that is a yes. I see how your mind works now. But after that wore off, I was like, "Oh man, you picked for the longest running video game award uh, uh, presenter." Yeah, and I was like, "Man," I was flipping through the list of those games. I was like. These are uh, some of these are great, would be great picks, but I can't pick the same award giver that you did. Yeah. So then, then I, I, I trekked off into uncharted territories, and I was like, "What are some long-running award shows?" Yeah. And I went through list after list, and all of these things were they were uh, had went on for several years, and then now they're defunct. <clears throat> Spike Awards. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, a, the, a bunch of E3 awards that they give out. And yeah. Eventually, I was like, okay, I got to stop. I got to change direction. Because I was looking at award things, and then flipping to... I said, I got to stop this. I got to take a step back. What are some of these games on this, on this list that I can really start digging into and find out what awards they won instead of just trying to look down award sheets? All right. And I came across... A list of awards from E3, and I was like, "What? You know, what kind of this is kind of crap? These these games aren't great because there are a lot of the games went on to not be as good as they were on when they were presenting on the E3 floor." And I said, "Well, is that really fair? Because they're kind of reviewing the beta of the game. You know, they're just the first impression type stuff." Yeah. But the game I chose when I looked at it had won ten awards. Yeah, ten. That makes it easy. And then. I was like, "All right, well, this is it. Boom!" And that's how I picked my game. You know, I wanted to. You sort of stole my thunder a little bit there, but I wanted to pick something. Because when me and Boat, all the years we've been doing Amigos, we keep reading about the Golden Joystick Award. And all, yes. Every time I read it, I always laugh. It, we've we come across it a few times on this show. And I was like, I'm going to find something that won a Golden Joystick, right? And so, I, But I didn't know anything about the Golden Joystick. I thought it was some old, goofy contest that you know was long gone. Wrong! No. So yeah. the Golden Joystick, also known as the People's Gaming Award, yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. 
That sounds like a uh, an odd choice, but anyway, it's a uh, it's an award given out every year uh, since 1983, and they're still going. There's, yeah. there's one coming up this summer, uh, and it's I didn't know this either. It's British. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Uh, so you get a golden joystick if you win. If you uh, if you're watching at home, you can see the list of the of the game of the year winners are scrolling by now. Again, this has been going on since 83. In 1983, the game of the year was Jetpack on the ZX Spectrum. A lot of these of this list is uh, Eurocentric, but of course, as you move into the more modern era, uh, there, there, there's less uh, there's less things that were made specifically for the UK and whatnot. Right. More like world games. Well, uh, not the game world games. As, as games became more global, their their uh, influence kind of broadened. Yeah. So you weren't making, you weren't necessarily making games for the British public or right. for the Japanese public. Of course, that still happens. But when you're talking a world uh, award-winning games, usually it's something that has broad appeal. Yeah. That's just sort of, I mean, that's how all awards are. Yeah. Um, so the funny thing about this is, so you had a game of the year early on. And then, of course, what happened? Well, here come, at first, game of the year was just a computer game of the year. Yeah. Uh, and eventually they, they moved, uh, they changed it. In fact, it was in 1988 to include console game of the year, 8-bit game of the year, and 16-bit game yep. of the year. Now, here's the funny thing. I was coming in here to pound the Golden uh, Joystick Awards down, but I looked over this list, and the I gotta say, they've got it right or at least picked a good game 99% of the time. Yeah. yeah, and that was something that was also annoying about that list. You could probably find something else that was kind of questionable yeah. there, but most of the time they pick good games and they pick safe games. Right. That is something I noticed on all these award things, right? They pick safe choices. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is if you pick a Zelda game, even if it's the worst Zelda game or Super Mario game, yeah. even if it's the worst of the bunch, it's still a safe bet because no one's going to come up and be like, oh, you picked that Nintendo game, you know, that's controversial, bad, but no, that's a safe pick. You can pick something like that every time and it'd be okay. Yeah, I agree. Now, here's a funny one. In 2021, the Golden Joystick Awards had their 50th year celebration. Amazing. That's amazing. Amazing. But get this. And by the way, the public votes on these awards. All right? That's what the people They're influenced. Enjoy. Yeah. No, no. It's well, a global get... event that can be voted on online. Right. Now. But they don't get to nominate. No, no I, don't, I don't know how it works. But get this. I'm pretty sure. So, and so to celebrate their 50th year, they asked the public to vote for the ultimate game of all time. Oh, gosh. Which is awesome. Now, I, uh, without looking over here. I, I didn't look. Uh, think of all the games of throughout all of time. Okay. Okay. What is the ultimate game of all times? See, for me, that has to be something that was incredibly influ influential in the gaming world. <sighs> And there are definitely a few games that fill that void. I would say Super Mario 64. Incorrect. Wrong. The correct answer from 2011, Dark Souls. That's the greatest game, ultimate game of all time. Now, they also had the people vote on the best gaming hardware of all time. What do you think won that? Game Boy. No. Wrong again. The correct answer, unfortunately, was the PC. The PC. Oh, well, I didn't even know that was an option. The PC one. So yeah. Well, I mean, 
the Mega Duck and Pajakas. It was in the running. The I'm sorry. PC. The PC. <laughs> the PC. Not the Amiga. Not the C64. The PC. Oh, I mean, not the Game Boy. Not the Nintendo. The, I guess if you if you're just gonna say the PC, I mean that's, that's been what out, they, it, it's been strong running for like seventy that's what years. They, that's what they. That's what they <laughs> Clearly, they're ignoring the first thirty years of their of the thing. And by the way, how are they getting fifty? That kid is that right? Eighty three to twenty twenty one. That's not fifty years. It is it? not. No. So they might. What are they? How did they years get? of gaming? Maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's what they were doing. But here's the problem with Dark Souls, and I'm not. Dark Souls is You're not killing the ultimate game of all time. No, Dark Souls isn't necessarily a game for me. Yeah. I, I enjoy playing Dark Souls, but I, I th- that's. Top game of all time? No. It was not. What did Dark Souls do besides be hard that was incredibly influential in gaming? I have not played the ultimate game of all time, oh. so I have no comment on that. All right. Well, but I'm sure, I'm sure it was a, uh, uh, they got jobbed out. So, with oh, all. Oh, yeah, no. It got. It's what's popular when you're voting. That's exactly what, what, what was that What is. system is the Dark Souls on? Everything. It is. I mean, okay, it, there you go. PC, Nintendo, or not Nintendo, uh, Xbox, and PlayStation. So we had plenty of good stuff to choose from, but it was harder than I thought. But I, I, I will lead the dance this week, the Brent. All right, I think. And so I looked down these awards, and I looked. I was like, man, these are pretty good awards. And I wanted something that won Game of the Year, but I was like, I found the one I wanted after a few surfs of the thing. I'm like, this is the one because I never liked this game, and I was baffled that this had won in the year it did. The game I'm talking about is, of course, Bam. Thunderblade. Thunderblade! Wah, wah. Thunderblade, everybody. The Sega arcade uh, game that came home. In yeah, this I was going to say, we're not looking at the arcade yeah, game. Yeah, well, we'll look at the arcade game, but it came home to the Sega Master System. Uh, so, <laughs> well, it did came home. So, again, this uh, came out. The First of all, Thunderblade for the Sega Master System was the 1988 Golden Joystick Game of the Year for consoles. That's across all consoles. Oh, wow. 1988. That doesn't just mean on the Sega Masters. That means every console that was available in 88, this was the best game they played, was the home port of Thunderblade for the Sega Master System. Now, now Aaron, yes. just from a, a quick... Quick search here. Do you realize that Super Mario Brothers three is no? That can't no, be correct. No, it did not. I actually made a list that's not wrong. So Yo, don't worry. From Japan, October twenty no. third, nineteen eighty eight. Super Mario Brothers. But 3. it wasn't released in Europe, so it wouldn't be eligible for the award. I'm already oh, taking care of all this, okay. Brad. Before you bigfoot in, I'm already taking care of all this I'm, stuff. Somebody's got a bigfoot in. So let's talk about Thunder uh, Thunderblade. Thunderblade, the arcade uh, classic, I guess you could say, uh, published by Sega uh, and came out in 1987. Uh, and this one was programmed by, uh, uh, I'm going to try to get this, Rikia Nagawaga. Not, no, that's not right. Naka, Nakagawa. I was close. Now listen, <laughs> Nakagawa wasn't some ham and egger. Okay, check this out. He worked on the arcade version of Choplifter, Die Hard, All the House of the Deads, uh, Dead, or, 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 um, Dead or Alive 2, Sega GT, you know, a lot of Dreamcast titles, Grant, uh, uh, Giant Grant 2K, a lot of good stuff. Oh, Bass, Sega Bass Fishing 2. So this guy was no ham and egger. And he put together this game. This ran on uh, the uh, arcade system that Sega developed called the Sega X. 
You familiar with the Sega no, X? I am not. The Sega X was a board capable of displaying 256 sprites on the screen at the same time. It could run at 60 frames per second. It had super uh, scalar techniques in there. The game, there weren't that many games released on that uh, hardware. Uh, Afterburner was one, and you could you could sort of see that. Absolutely, Super yeah. Super Monaco GP, <laughs> you could sort of see that. AB Cop and GP Rider, they're really into shortening things in, in, in <laughs> 1987. Uh, and so this game came out, uh, and uh, I would call it, uh, I, would I call this a big hit? I would not. I would. I mean, I, we saw. Did you see this in the arcades back in the oh, day? Oh yeah, Thunderblade. Absolutely, because it had that that huge uh, um, flight stick with the right. button on top. Thunderblade was a game. It, well, it had. There were two different versions of it. There was a stand-up game with a joystick. Then it was one of those deals that, like, you get in it and, and the whole thing moves. Yes. You know, which is an odd choice for a game like this. But one of the one of the eye-catching things about the game is. The, is the rotoscope, or not rotoscope, but the super scaling uh, in the various scenes. You play a chopper, you're driving across, a, you, it's, it basically, play takes place from two different vantages. There's a top-down view, and then there's a behind-the-chopper 3D view. That, yes. And then these, there are various stages there, which we'll get into. Uh, what makes this game unique in the arcade is its ability to move these buildings up and down and move uh, the scenery around and make it look like that you're in a sort of a 3D environment. It's actually very clever the way they did it. Yeah, because, I mean, in the arcade, you're moving up, down, left, right, right. and uh, uh, well, you're moving, horizontal. You're basically moving or vertical. You're moving left and right and down and up. Yes. You're always sort of going forward, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, this is a game where you're tasked with taking your chopper uh, through the various uh, scenes and blowing up uh, attacking aircraft plus ground targets. And so in the arcade, if you want to go down, you can actually fly down and you can attack things on the ground. Yes. That's part of the deal. Uh, it was Like I said, it was a pretty impressive game to look at. The 3D parts of oh, it were yeah. pretty cool. Especially at it for its time. You know, and I, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, you know, I will say the the rumor is that the, they got the idea for Thunderblade from watching Blue Thunder, the helicopter movie uh, from the eighties. Things had Roy Schneider, and the funny thing is, I played. Uh, my mom rented a VCR for one of my birthdays, and we watched Blue Thunder. And I remember there's a nude scene in Blue Thunder. So me and all the kids are sitting here like, whoa! You know, but but uh, uh, Blue Thunder was sort of like that craze of the helicopter, killer helicopter. You had your Blue Thunder. You had your Fox, Firefox. You had your Airwolf. Air yeah. Blue Thunder also had a TV show, which I never watched. Yeah, I it was short-lived. Well, listen, if Airwolf's going to show, how you gonna, if the rip-off is a show, you got to bring in the big dog. So when you see the opening screen of this game, the uh, the digitized screen that's on here, it's it's I guess it's more impressive at the arcade than it would be at your at, at home. That is literally digitized directly from yeah. Blue Thunder. So that came directly from the Blue Thunder. So a big game, it did it did pretty well. So it's like okay, let's take this thing to the house, as it were. And so here it comes. Uh, it was released on a, a flurry of machines. I was actually, you'd think a game that this technically impressive for the era wouldn't get a ton of home ports, but it did. So that, whenever you get this many home ports, it tells me it made some dough in yeah. the arcade. Uh, this got ported to the, uh, of course, the Master System, the Amiga, which I played that port, this, the Amstrad, the Atari ST, C64, DOS, 
That's a disaster, by the way. <laughs> the MSX got it stunningly. Uh, the Turbo Graphics, the X68000, the Spectrum, believe it or not. And they eventually brought this thing around to the Nintendo 3DS. I did look at some of these other ports just for fun. I don't know if you looked at any of them. The uh, as usual, arcade, the, the Spectrum one, it's it, most of the computers actually tried to emulate in some way the 3D Super Scaler. Oh, really? Okay. And so, oh, like, so. your, your Amigas, your Ataris, uh, even your ZX, they tried to actually, I was, kid you not, the, the C64, they tried to emulate in some capacity the buildings moving in a 3D way. Sure. And it, most of them look bad. Yeah. All right. I would imagine, yeah. Now, the Master System, when they made games, they had a different approach on a lot of these games. And so uh, this is one of the games, uh, if you've ever played Enduro Racer on the Sega Master System, for example, it's nothing like the arcade game. It's like it's a whole, it's a whole other game, yeah. right? And so this is sort of the same philosophy they took when they ported this to the thing. Because they looked at the arcade version, they're like, let's see, 3D top-down, no, we're not doing that. We're not, we're going to try to do that. But we'll, <laughs> we'll give the 3D behind the chopper parts a shot, and, we'll, and they did. We'll, uh, we'll get into how it went. So, let's talk about, the, let's get into a little more detail in the game. Your chopper can shoot, uh, in, in, in the Sega Master System version of this, you've got guns and you've got basically ground, uh, air-to-ground missiles. Yes. All right? oh, they're more like bombs, I guess, than they are missiles. In the top-down sequence that starts the game, uh, you are uh, flying overhead and you're flying over a, just a flat. This is, they don't even attempt the 3D. I mean, I guess technically the, the buildings are drawn in a 3D way, but no, there's no there's isometric no, way. There's no super scale and no. there's none of that stuff. And you fly over this god awful looking dirt wasteland as you and the choppers come at you in a conventional sort of shoot 'em up way. Uh, there is no more flying down. That's no, gone. They took that gone. completely out. And it's funny because that was a big part of the other game. Absolutely. So you've literally fundamentally changed the game when you did this. Yes. So what you've got here on the on, on these and the, uh, keep in mind that this these type levels comprise half the game. Yes. Are just flying along levels where you're going and you're occasionally dropping bombs. It's sort of like uh, maybe like a Zebius or something where you had ground targets, but it's not Zebius, brother. I can no. tell you that right now. It literally has become just a normal, everyday, right. run-of-the-mill shooter. Right, right. Now, uh, these levels are sandwiched uh, 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 across uh, the 3D levels. Now, the 3D levels are sort of impressive, I guess. They have you, again, your camera behind the, the choppers. You go down a city street or in a cave or through, like, a. there's also a level where you go through this, like, chemical, like, these lots of pipes you have to dodge. And this, you, this thing is the embodiment of choppy, brother. It's choppy. It's flickery. Uh, you're shooting at choppers that fly in the most bizarre pattern you've ever seen. They're literally stacked one on top of the other as they come at you. And you also have ground targets. Now, on the first level, as far as I can tell, none of the actual attacking choppers shoot. I don't know if that's because they, they can't or because they don't. Uh, and then you, But you do have a lot of tanks. In the arcade, there's a really cool effect when fire comes out, and it looks like uh, it kind of it super scales. So it looks like the shots get bigger as they come near you. They try to replicate that 
in this, but I mean, it looks no, they literal. Don't. They would say, well, if they're trying, well, they didn't try very hard. I mean, they start small and get bigger. But the point of it is, it, they, they, they have one frame of transition. They, they, they do. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> they have one frame of transition, and then that's it. Now, in between the levels here, you do have some boss fights. I will say, if you're going to say, <laughs> well, well, hold on. Boss fights. If you're going to say, hey, wait a minute, uh, Amigo Aaron, like the arcade uh, game. Had these boss fights and they and there were and the game's not that long and 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 then you're done. Well, you're right. And then this thing did take that from the game. You can go through this whole game pretty quick. Now the flip side of it is the game's brutally hard. Yeah. So you're not going to get anywhere quick. It's real tough. But in between, after those initial first three, two levels, then you get your boss fight level. And the boss fights are where you... It sort of reminded me of a little bit of like the uh, Dreadnought Factor, but not as cool. You're sort of going over like a boat or a ship or a plane. Oh, no, it's a jet. Well, no, it's, it's, it's different. Air. It's a tank. Oh, and the first one. Right, yeah. The, but there's there's different ones as you yeah. go. Each level ends, each stage ends with a boss fight. And so you've got four levels for a total of 12 sections of the game. All right? And at the end, you fight this like a super boss. Um... I thought the control in this was okay, but it, but it's uh, not the, it's not horrible. But its sound is not the best. It does have audio while you're shooting, which you know I played this on stream that night and I was killing the Amiga accidentally because the Sega Master System can repeatedly do what the Amiga could not do for years, <laughs> which was play audio while they had video. Um, as you go through the game, like I said, you're going to see all these different scenarios. It goes in, it goes from caverns with the 3D, there's pipes. But none of this stuff is what I would call impressive, and it doesn't capture the feel of the game. And just to be sure, I played a bunch of arcade uh, uh, Thunderblade this week, Yeah. and I can tell you right now that the differences are stunning. Yes. <laughs> they don't play alike at all. So I guess what I'm saying here, Brent, is I've got a real problem with this winning console game of the year. Yeah. And I'll go over some of the other stuff that was released this year, but just for, just for fun, what did you think about the old Thunderblade? And what did you think about the arcade version, for that matter? Okay, the arcade version, the the whole fun of it is the is the cool flight stick joystick. Yeah. I mean... It also has sports feedback. Because when you... Yeah, well, that's what I was getting to. When you yeah. push down to, to dive into the screen, you feel it, and you feel it shake. It's got all these nice, tactile feels. Yeah. Um, is it a good shooter? And eh, not really. It's got a lot of cool scaling sprites in the arcade. and uh, uh, But the whole gimmick of it is you've got this flight stick, and you can fly down and up. Yeah. That's the whole gimmick. Otherwise, it's a mediocre at best shooter. So when you remove the core element of what makes the arcade game cool, what are you left with? Well, you're left with a mediocre shooter. Yeah. And that's 100% what this is. It's a mediocre shooter. And this, the scaling on this thing all over the map. And I don't mean scaling as in the sprites get smaller and bigger. I mean scaling as in... Sometimes your helicopter looks like this big, beefy thing that's shooting other si similar size helicopters. But the bosses, for example, the first boss you fight is a jet. Yeah. And the jet, just the engine of the jet, is two times as big as your helicopter. Yeah. So this is, this is not a flying fortress. It's a flying Metro City block, which it... 
How can you let your forces get disturbed by one chopper? Not one helicopter. Think of the money that they wasted on this, man. We've got to, you know, this government has to have some of these in production. No doubt in my mind. And you take it out with, a, I mean, you have to, you battle across the, the top of the, of the super jet. Uh, and it's popping up little things and shooting at you. But to ultimately destroy it, one shot to the cockpit region, it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing, I'm guessing the pilots are sticking their heads out of the cockpit and shooting their pistol at you when you get there. Because, <laughs> because it fires these itty bitty little yeah. baby bullets straight from the cockpit. My point is, this game is all over the map. It doesn't. It, it, it's just more goofy than it is fun. The boats on some of the later levels are like itty bitty little tugboat size. Yeah. But they're, they're supposed to be like destroyers or something. Uh, it, it's just, it's, what is it? It's a mediocre shooter. That's, uh, the thing is, I, the title of the show is uh, uh, award winning games that were crap. Yeah. I'm not saying, listen, the Sega Master System has a, I played Sega Master System games on stream Friday and had a great time. There are tons of great games. And this game is by no means 100% garbage. Yeah. It's a it's, but, but my problem with it is it doesn't it doesn't capture the arcade game such as it was. And the arcade game it's based on wasn't any great shakes to begin with. I will say in these in the Sega X board family, I do prefer this over uh, Afterburner, which I always found to be a game that was practically unplayable. I never did I, Afterburner is cool looking, but as a but as a game, boy, that's a toughie. Aaron. And this has a lot in common with the way the jet stuff passed by. That's, you know? that's a toughie. Yeah, that's a tough, well, I'd have to think about. Let's put that. it this way: Afterburner and Thunderboy, neither one of them are in our top one hundred. I'd wait. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so there. So there's that. Uh, anyway, I wanted to uh, mention something that Brent started out earlier. Again, this was console game of the year in '88. Now I went through a list. And just found some stuff that was available in Europe in 88. Because the list you looked at, a lot of stuff came from Japan. All right, so yeah. Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah. All right. Contra, Altered Beast, Mega Man 2, Tetris, Double Dragon 2, Robocop, the aforementioned Afterburner, uh, Bad good. Dudes, which I think is a better game, uh, Snatcher, Narc. I'm just naming a few of these. Pool of Radiance. These were all available on consoles in eighty uh, you, in eighty eight. You skipped Final Fantasy two. Well, yeah, I didn't think that. I think this is better than that. That's why I skipped over that one. So, no. oh my god! Um, I should mention Brent that there the there is a Thunderblade family. What? Yeah, there's another Thunderblade game that was released in Genesis. It's called Super Thunderblade. I've heard it's <laughs> which makes yeah, I know. I, I've heard it's better. I wasn't willing to try. I've had enough Thunderblade uh, for this week, that's for sure. You know, now we did get a little Discord action on this thing to brand, if I may. Uh, our good, we actually got a couple little snippets here, and I want to get into them. So, ba our good buddy, the Batman. So you know he knows. He do. He whispered in. He says. He goes whisper it, but I quite like Thunderblade on the Master System. The mix of vertical. And into the screen shoot 'em up action works a whole lot better here than on the awful U.S. Gold conversions and on the eight and sixty bit computers. Although the six, the C sixty four version isn't too bad. It's funny because I heard that was a really bad version. I even prefer it to the PC Engine version. Uh, there may have been a bit of rose tinted nostalgia going on, but I do enjoy a blast on it. So there you go. And then of course our good buddy Pajaco chimed in. He says I tried to play it normally. 
But as a pretend grown-up, I have things I need to do, so I switch to the infinite and continues cheat. Ah, I, I did not do that. Technically, for an 8-bit Ma Sega Master System game, what the developers did was quite impressive. Most of the game seems to be here. I could not get on with this. Some hard games are fun if you feel like you are messing up, but this one feels like the game is playing you for a sucker far too often. With three lives, unless you know how to continue cheat, the game is quite grueling. I, f I felt the game was also inconsistent, like in the 3D levels. The missiles would pretty much take out tanks as long as you were on the correct side of the screen. But in top-down mode, you had to be pretty much, uh, you had to be pretty accurate. Yeah. And where were my missiles on the giant plane level? Yeah, I didn't mention that. There is a complete lack of any in-game HUD. You can only see the score and lives when you die, which is poor. I made it to level five where you fly through the caves. And at that point, I just gave up because it becomes a memory test through trial and error. I don't know if you got to I the didn't caves. get to the caves. The, uh -huh. the caves are they're ludicrous. Ludicrous. Um, yeah, I saw the footage. It didn't look like it was something you could just play. How it won a war without some serious bribes is beyond me. Not a total dumpster fire, but far from great. Six out of ten. So there you go. Uh, it's funny. When I looked at I thought to myself, you know, the reviews for this thing are going to be off the charts because it was such a popular title. Uh, and in actuality, the reviews weren't all that spectacular, if I'm honest. Uh, I looked over the reviews for the for the uh, Sega Master System, and these are some of these came out during the day, and it was scoring like sixties, fifty fives, fifties, sixty threes. So I mean, it, it like three out of a lot of three out of fives. So even in its day, people weren't like bowing down no. this award winner, the no, brand. That is, it was definitely. I, it was it a bad game? No, it's not a bad game. No, it's just a mediocre. It's a yeah. not worthy. Of a, a best console game award. I will say, to, to finish off here, I did look this up on the eBay, Brent, and I looked up two things here. One, I looked up the arcade PCB. I couldn't find any cabinets for sale. The PCB alone sold for 350 bucks untested. So it must wow. be, it must be uh, well, I mean, times have changed. Must be rare. Now, if you want the uh, the game for the Sega Masters, don't worry. You won't be paying 350 <laughs> I saw the complete in-box game go for $9.99 to 15 bucks. generally. You can get the uh, just a cartridge for a little less. I just get the whole thing if you're going to. I think I may own it. I was going to dig it out over there in my pile of stuff, but the arcades are trash. So I was like, eh. <laughs> they know what it looks like. There you go. So did I convince you that, that Thunderblade did not was not worthy of its award? Uh, oh, I think the game convinced me of that, Aaron. Okay, fair enough. Fair it. enough. Now, you, uh, when I say this, I really mean it this week. You went off in a totally different tangent. And, uh, uh, I think I'm going to count it because there's some gaming in here. But tell the people what you picked. Well, Aaron, I, like I said in the beginning of the show, I really dug deep. And I wanted something that really had the awards locked in. No one can say that this didn't win any awards. Yeah. I chose Nintendogs. Yes, you did. Nintendogs. Oh, now, man. And let me let me go over what Nintendogs is here. Uh, when you start out, you get to choose from a variety of puppies. And you take that puppy and you bring it and you play with it. And you can play with it with various toys. And you teach it kind of wrong from right and you you set out food for it and you have you can play games oh, wait no i'm sorry i'm actually describing dogs 
from 1996 that came out on computer. That, That's the old that. Windows yeah. dog. Yeah, I yeah. Remember sorry that. about that. They had cats, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Nintendogs is, it's a portable game, right? Yeah. Uh, and you could put it in your pocket, bring it out whenever you wanted, and you... you Fed it, and you you uh, uh, could teach it tricks, and you could play with it, and and uh, take it with you wherever you wanted to go. Right, right. something you just put. Uh, well, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm actually describing uh, Tiger Giga Pets from 1997. Oh no, yeah, my bad. About I hated that. those things. Yeah, no, yeah. So, yeah now this Nintendo. It's a game you could actually use the microphone on, yeah. on the system and. You can talk to it, and you can give it a name, and you can issue commands to it. And it's a little virtual pet. Sure. And, you, of course, you've got to feed it and yeah. do all, all the, the maintenance and upkeep and all. No, no I'm sorry, Aaron. Again, I'm, I'm describing semen oh, yeah. for, for uh, the Dreamcast. That was a neat, that, wacky that, game that, with that a bad name. That was released in 1999. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy, no, by the no, way. No, no, Nintendogs is everything I just mentioned, but for the DS. Oh, so you're, what are you trying to say here? That all these previous <laughs> efforts were horked? I am saying that exact same thing. And the reason why this ticks me off so much is there's there's nothing wrong with reinventing what's already been done. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But to get the PC World 2006 Innovation Award for it oh. is absurd. <laughs> okay, there that was It's good. absurd. Sir, it got the innovation award, it, didn't it? It, it? It's not like this was never done before, folks. Every aspect of this game has been done over and over again. <laughs> this also won the E3 2005 Game Critics Award for Best Handheld Game. We'll go out what was up against later. Yeah. Uh, the Bronze Award for Best Nintendo DS Title. Best Game 2005. I'm not even going to go all over, through all the games that came out in 2005. Yeah, like Rock, get, like San Andreas was out that year. To, to, go, to get that, how ridiculous that was. That yeah. was from the Associated Press. And uh, uh, it won the Japan Media Arts Festival Excellent Prize. It's one of the top prizes. Um, it won the Yellow Pencil 2006 Award, and I think that is more like a casual type gaming award. It's games for geeks. It won the, the PETA Best Animal Friendly Game of 2006. It won. I'll buy that one. It I'll won IGN Editor's Choice Award. It also won IGN's Best Use of a Touchscreen for the Nintendo DS. Why? That's because an award. You rub it and it pets your dog. That's an award. Yes. And it also won GameSpot's Editor Choice Award. So it has won all these awards. And what actually is Nintendogs? It's exactly what I said. You adopt a dog. You can pet it using your little stylus. Uh, and you can play games with it. You can enter it into competitions. And by competitions, I mean you teach it to set and roll over and do tricks with voice commands. And what that actually means is you tell it, you you say a voice command. Like, you don't have to say, like, roll over. You can say, like, you're a jerk. And then teach it <laughs> and teach it what you're a jerk means you want it to roll over. Bam, there you go. You should not so, have access to this So game. when you go to competitions, you because it has little competitions to how obedient your dog is, right? You can be like, you're a jerk. And everyone's like, yay! <laughs> So you that, did this. Didn't that's you? the that's the competition side of it. There's also a disc thing where you you throw a frisbee oh, and it man. tries to catch the frisbee. Uh, that is the most game portion of this entire game. Um, 
what else can you do? You have to manage money because that's what I want to do when I'm having fun with my virtual dog is manage money because you don't get unlimited money. You have to <clears throat> be in these competitions and win these competitions to get more money. It's just like being a real pet owner. To, well, uh, I can't take myself to enter my cats in the competitions <laughs> just to feed them. And if you don't do it, you can't buy them the nice toys or the environments, which is literally just a reskin of the floor. Um, hey, that costs big bucks. It, it's having that element in it is completely baffling. Don't forget about buying all the clothes and stuff. You got to pay for those. Please that's don't a, dress your pets. No, I mean, that's what that's big chunk of this game. It is. Pet dressing. It is. It is. So. You do all these things, right? What is the end goal? <laughs> you just say, please don't dress your pet. Yeah, no. Is that's, this a, a public service announcement? Oh, that's re it's really bad. I, Everyone does that, I though. They love so it. I don't so much for dogs. I, 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 I like dogs, but yeah. I'm not knowledgeable in dogs like I am You're cats. not going to dress cats. Don't dress. Uh, seriously, it's bad. It's It makes them feel very constricted. Yeah. If you want to put a little paper, uh, paper hat on your cat and take a picture and then take it off that's 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 completely different we put our cat in a dress yeah. it just literally tipped over <laughs> yeah, don't it do was it. not buying yeah it. don't it, it's it's very uh, distressing for the animal anyway uh, <laughs> as you as oh, you go man. through this game what is your ultimate goal what is your i don't there know there isn't one <laughs> Keep your pet alive. No, you can't. Your, your pet can't die. Uh, yeah. It can never grow up. It can never have puppies or live a normal life. It is stuck in a little body for all time. This is like interview with a vampire. All time. Yeah. So it is. Um, it's not realistic, and and uh, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I I I don't fault the game for some of the choices I made. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't fault the game for being what the game is. Yeah. I'm saying the industry is a bunch of freaking morons for making this out to be some kind of super mega special game. It's not. It's just the exact same thing people have been doing for oh, well over a decade, two decades, that they just packaged into it, put the Nintendo name on, and then sold a billion of them. And I want to talk about the sales practice of Nintendogs. Predatory. It is absolutely predatory. Wow, that doesn't sound like Nintendo at all. You, depending on what region you buy this game in, uh, the boxes differ, okay? Yeah. In America, because th th this isn't one game. It's four games. Yeah. It's Plus four they, games. Then they added tons more. There's tons <clears throat> no, there's four of them. Um, it is four games. You have... Uh, and the only difference between each game is what dog you start with. All dogs are in every game. Did you even know that? No. Okay. No one did because of their predatory nature. The boxes read that, you know, it, when you buy, like, the Dalmatian one. Yeah. Okay. It says includes and lists, like, six dog breeds, right? Yeah. Only thing that means is those are the ones that you start with. But it is worded on the box so poorly that almost everyone thought that if you wanted a certain type of dog, the only way to get it was to buy the other game. That's what I thought. Because no. I played the Dalmatian one. That's exactly what I played. No. Every dog is in every game. There's 27. Now, you have to unlock the dog yeah. through trainer points. And the reason why most of the, the three of the games came out in 2005, 
The last one came out, the Dalmatian one came out in 2006 because the Dalmatian unlock was so hard to get, people were complaining. And so Nintendo put out Dalmatian where you start with the Dalmatian. Yeah. Sold millions of copies. But we'll get on to that in a little bit. So they put the Pokemon on this thing. Yes. Yeah. That is exactly what they did. On the back of the American box, in the smallest non-legalese print, it actually says all dogs can be unlocked. Okay. I can't read the back of the Japanese box. I'm sorry. I don't, but it looks like the Japanese box is stout after the European box, which the European box does not mention you can unlock all the pets. So they're screwing Europe. It does not mention it anywhere on the box. Can you unlock In, the European yes. version? Yes, unless it's on the spine, because I couldn't find a, a scan of the spine. It does not say that you can unlock all the dogs in all the versions. So they sold four versions of this game. The only difference being what you started with, which is... That is Dirty Pool. Absolutely. Now, are the dogs sort of just reskinned dogs? I mean... They... No, no. Nintendo... It's a Nintendo product. They went the extra mile. Dogs have personalities to an extent. They have how quick they learn something... To an extent. So the dog breeds do matter. It is slightly. Slightly. Because it, even when you pick a dog, it even says something like, oh, this dog's skittish around other people. So when you take your dog for a walk, which is basically just a I want to loot the neighborhood, part of the gameplay on this is you take your dog for a walk. And you choose where in the neighborhood you want to walk your dog. And it has little prizes, little gift boxes along the, the route. Yeah. So if you walk over that gift box, your dog runs off screen and loots a prize for you. Don't let your dog take things. How often are you going to walk your dog and find gift boxes lying around? <laughs> so I wouldn't worry. So um, the uh, other aspects of this game that are just horrible, in my opinion, uh, that where the dog never grows up, that's part of owning an animal. That's part of owning a pet. <laughs> I love my when my my current kittens are kittens. They're still yeah. uh, young enough to be considered kittens. But I like watching them grow up. I like watching them, you know, develop personalities. These things, when they learn their commands, when they learn their tricks, when you see them playing with their balls, it's all. It's always the same. It never evolves. It never shows how an older dog <clears throat> acts versus a younger dog. It's always the same. Yeah. That's not what pet ownership is about. Maybe you <laughs> maybe you want your puppy to stay a puppy forever, but it doesn't. It gets older. It changes. And you don't get experience that with this game. I wish the puppy would stay a puppy forever. I'd actually have a dog if that was true. No. No. I, they, I think that's cruel and unusual to even No, think. it'd be great. Because no. they're small and cute. They don't eat that much. No. I love watching my pet get older and change and, and watching that. And, you know, it sucks when a pet dies. Yeah. There's no question about that. That is completely absent from this game. I'm not terribly mad about that. Uh, they could have went to some sort of like a pet cemetery like budget game where you've got to no. like you've got to look at fish around for the best no, place. No, you're an idiot. Go what? away. <laughs> um, what else does this game do? Literally nothing. You can't if you take it, it's portable, right? So you want it, yeah. you can take it with you, but it relies so heavily on voice commands. You can't take this out on a, on a bus and play with your dog. 
It's going to be you shouting into this handheld device, sit down, sit down, sit down. I think I've seen people in the bus doing that. <laughs> and it's just, you you know, so it almost eliminates the, it almost eliminates the portability of it because you just, you, you know, it's just society, man. Uh, so what does that leave you with? That leaves you with a game that has in Impeccable animations. Oh, yeah. They're the beautiful. animations are adorable. They're fun. They're nice. That is it. That is all this game has going on. Well, there for are it. the mini games in there. The mini games are lame and dumb and incredibly repetitive. But they're innovative. They're real they, innovative. Uh huh. They, uh, you, you have a game that, unlike past Tamagotchis and stuff, since you have so many other interactions, that you can't feel like you can take it with you. You certainly can't just play this in school or something. Yeah. It attacks the casual audience that this was made <laughs> for by up. having four different boxes. That is Dirty Pool. Uh, I thought that was like everybody else. I thought there were four different versions no, of it. No. And it is. Uh, uh, it has no end. It has no goals except to unlock more dogs and do it all again. Horrible game. Completely undeserving of every award it got. Aaron, what do you think? Well, I'm going to not agree with you fully. All right. You tell me why. This game was billed as a game you fire up for 10 minutes a day. Like a Tamagotchi. Who says you so? Play it. That's every, that's, that was the, my understanding. I do that's not agree. Way, and everyone, when I was looking into this game, a lot of people mentioned that, that you would fire it up, play with your dog for a little bit. It's just an occasional uh, thing to do. It does use the DS well. All right. Now I will say, trying to emulate this, it took me forever to get my microphone set up, and I was, I might, I would never be training the dog very well because it didn't seem to work that good on the PC. Uh, but the, my, I named my dog Barky, and Barky, and I petted Barky. You know, over oh, right. that first session, you have to pet him like for thirty well, seconds. Well, the dog, you feel bad because he shakes, he looks sad. You got to pet him up. You know, it's funny because I've got two cats, and in real, in reality. My cat Snowball doesn't just look cute and shudder. It's at my door scratching, meowing. It's the, it's literally knocking crap off the table. That's what they need. It's like that bad cat game. Well, they, they, this, this takes all of the upsides of, of owning a pet and tries to digitize it. And that's, I don't have a problem with that. But it, but it does so in such a boring and crappy way to win 10 awards well, is it, absurd. It looks very attractive. It is very attractive. By the way, I've got to mention before it goes, when you were talking about the gift boxes, but y'all can write down Nintendo's Porch Pirates. And that would, <laughs> well, that would explain how the dogs came across all these gifts. But I mean, you know, it's a it's an amusing, first of all, what you said about them hosing you on the dogs, I'll give you that. That's dirty. All right, that's and it's typical Nintendo yes. crap. All right, but that said, this game comes up and it's if you're a pet person, this thing oozes uh, love and devotion and sweetness to these little pets. They're so cute. When you go to the pound and the dog you once played with a couple other dogs, you get to pick the one that's the color you like. And you bring it home, it's all sad looking. You pet him up. The way they shoot this game, where you're almost it's almost like you're looking through a window at your dog or something. <laughs> the dog will come up and get up on you, and he'll run off in the background and do stuff, and you can throw a ball. You know, I mean, it's real, and our Frisbee, it's got stuff in it that's sort of cute. It's not the kind of game you're going to sit down. For example, we've got one week to play these games. That I, I sat down and played Nintendogs for about four. 
about three hours just say, I'm done with Nintendogs now. <laughs> I've had enough of Nintendogs. So yeah, it's not a game you're gonna see, you're gonna cram into it your Saturday. But I mean, uh, it's cute. I can see why it won the awards. It does, the DS is a, is a is a and, it, and the 3DS because they released a version which apparently was identical to the two the regular DS version. They made no changes yeah. from what I read. People were not happy. <clears throat> uh, but uh, uh, it does utilize all the aspects of the of the. Uh, 2DS or the DS or 3DS. You mean 3DS. the touch screen and the microphone? Right, but I mean, also, you, the way you... The, the, that's But that's a big chunk of what makes that a fun system. I guess. It's, it's, uh, it works well, you know. I, I thought it was uh, okay. Uh, is this... First of all, is this a game? I would debate that. Because is Tamagotchi a game? No, it's a virtual pet. This is a virtual pet. That's not even a game. Can you make the pet do stuff that's game-like? Yes. But they're like you said, it's not like you're, they're reinventing the wheel here with these games. Well, in 2005, it won Game of the Year, so they. I know. Go. Well, I, I, listen, I, I agree with you. I, I think as a game, this is crap. But as a as a a, a diversion, I think it's okay. Now, Aaron, do you want to hear what it was up against in 2005? Yeah. To win the handheld game of the award, of course, Nintendo. Owns the handheld space. Yeah, it, it technically, it really. It, Who were they up against had. in that year? Uh, but <laughs> other games that came out until uh, now, uh, other games that came out in two thousand five: Mario Kart DS, Advance Wars Dual Strike, uh, Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrows, Kirby Canvas Curse, Mario Ooh, Luigi one. Partners in Crime, Animal Crossing Wild World. The list goes on and on and on. Now, Aaron, I have a question for yeah. you. How successful do you think Nintendogs was? Real successful. I bet they made a dump truck full of money, multiple dump trucks full of money. Because I remember when this came out, everybody was talking about it. You're, you're close. It won aircraft carriers tons of money. Yeah. This is when you combine all the predatory copies together. This is the second best-selling DS game of all time. Wow. What's number one? Super Mario, the new Super Mario World. Oh, yeah. That was good, too. So. Wow. That is a, that's a revelation. I'm not surprised. I mean, people were talking about it. It's funny. They don't, do they have anything like this for, like, the more modern, the Switch? Or they, you know, did they have anything like this for that? Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure they do. I mean, they sold this across uh, in, in uh, the virtual space for a long time. Yeah. I don't think they do anymore. Uh, but this craze is kind of dead. This is this. It was a, it was a flash in time. It happens every decade or so <coughs> that these type of things get really big. Everybody wants them, and then it goes away, and then it gets really big, and it goes away. And I guarantee there are people out there like, oh, I love Nintendo Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. What was your playtime on it? I yeah. bet it was less than 10 hours. You know, the funny thing about it, though, if when you're Nintendo, you know how to make these games work. Listen. Oh, I did. They, yeah. You gotta admit, they got the graphics down perfectly. It yep. looks great. They give you the ability to put your pet in cute little clothes, and you can take pictures, send the pictures around. You know, you can use the wireless, the internet stuff to do the pictures. So you've got, here you are, you're, and you're someone that's taking pictures of the virtual dog. You know, and, and dressing them up, you know, at yeah. the, while you're on the bus or while you're on the plane. I can see how people would buy it, you know. And this is the kind of game you also, that grandparents can be like, well, this won't cause little Jimmy to go out and 
uh, shoot a hooker, let's get him this. And so it's a game that would be gifted a lot. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I could see how it would be super-duper popular. I, I mean, surely they sold so many of these, they can't be too expensive to buy, are they? Uh, if you go on to your gaming sites you can, or your auction sites, you can usually find them for 12 to $15. Yeah. Uh, Nintendogs and Cats, a little more rare because uh, it came out afterwards. Play, playing with a virtual cat, I'm sorry, what are you going to do, watch it sleep? Don't you have to earn the cats when you, because that was real <laughs> no, no, hard. Nintendogs and cats, it, yeah, I don't even want to go into that. I don't even want to yeah, go I was into gonna, that. So I wonder if you were going to take good on that road. No. And apparently the cats, from what I read, didn't do anything. They yeah. don't, they, you can't train them, that's for sure. You know, so yeah, you know, it is an interesting, it's an interesting, wacky uh, game. I can see them bringing this back, you know, with virtual pets. I can see that happening somewhere in the future. Hopefully, uh, it's a feature that I don't have to uh, yeah. in, uh, actually participate in. Now, with all that said, Brent, any closing thoughts on award-winning games? Nah, not everything is deserving of an award. You know, or 10 awards. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, what is observe, uh, uh, needing of an award is the wheel here. I see you've got your hollow hands. Yeah. Let's fire it up. What, what have we added to the wheel this week? Uh, we added a few things because we had to take off some pieces that I didn't have last week. Yeah. So this is a, a, a rando wheel. It's got all the new pieces and a, a more than a couple retro rewind pieces. We've, we've gotten a bunch of new uh, suggestions we're going to be putting on here whenever it's new, new piece time. We had a guy said it's like 10 good suggestions. Oh, Aaron. Is that a picture of me? That is a picture of me and you. You know what that means, I Aaron. don't know what that means. It is me versus you, Tom, in a one-in-one slug-out battle fest of death. What, okay, what is the topic? We are going to pick a system to defend against another system of the time and era. Right now, Aaron, pick your all-time favorite Computer systems from Europe. Computer si computer systems from Europe. I mean, you're not giving me all the time to think this over here. I, how about let's do consoles? That's easier to think about. You can pick a console. I'll pick a computer. Okay, I pick I pick the PC Engine slash Turbo Graphics 16. I will pick. He's dead. The BBC Micro. <laughs> okay. That's an odd choice. Uh, to, you know, you're going to get crushed. No, crushed. I'm not. That's no, going to be I'm a beating. You know, now listen. Normally, this is where we sort of wind down the show. But since we're talking about awards, all right, I want to play a clip uh, from our live show here. Everyone on Idolatry. This is a clip from our uh, live ARG from a couple weeks ago. I won a tournament and my prize was never given to me and it sucked. Oh. And it was it was run by uh a man, Game man. Pro. Yeah. It was run by Game Pro magazine when they were actually What were they gonna thing. give you? Uh it was a, I was supposed to get a trophy, yeah, uh, a set of games and money. And what did you get? Did you get nothing. nothing. I think I got nothing. Well, Good. Good for Game Pro. There you go, here. What a what a bummer way to end the show, right now, there. Now you know what's not. So this is one of those days where, like, once again, you were playing to the crowd. Sound real pathetic. Oh, they never gave me my award that I when I won the tournament at the, at Gen Con. Yes. All right. So I felt bad for the guy. All right. So what I did was 
I went ahead and did a little research. And so what I've got here in my hot little hands, I dug this up. This is the Gen Con uh, program from 2009 when me and Brent went to Gen Con. All right, and Brent had his thing. Now, you had a few factoids incorrect, uh, my friend. For starters, this thing wasn't sponsored by uh, the the people you thought it was. Brent was telling me, bam, Game Pro. They were supposed to be wrong. Incorrect. Was it EGM? No, it was none of those. It was GPX Gaming, otherwise known as Gamers Paradise. Bam. They did all the games uh, that year at, e at, the, at the show. They did all the tournaments at the 2009 Gen Con. Now, okay. I even took it a step further. And looked up the times and the and the uh, what was mentioned for the tournaments here. These tournaments were every day at two o'clock and Tuesday, and they were. I'll give you the, exactly what the flavor text says here. Retro gaming tournament. Brush the dust off your old favorites, and prove that you had the chops back in the day before all these fancy graphics. Sixteen players. Uh, everyone has to be six and up. And materials provided. So that was they did those every day. So yeah. Brent, you were robbed uh, from uh, w taking your just desserts. Uh, and so I want to make it right as a gesture, as a friendly gesture to you. I'm going to make it right. So now, in that clip, you said that they screwed you out of three things. And I'm going to make it right. First, you said they were supposed to get a soft, some sort of software. So. On behalf of Gamers Paradise, I present you <laughs> this copy of NCAA Football 2003 for the awesome. PlayStation. Awesome. Now, thank you. I want to make sure that the, okay, the game is actually okay, game in. Is in there. Game is now. Ex excellent. You were also you, you also mentioned that you were owed a cash award. Yes. I present you, bam. That's real money, folks. One American dollar. Now, Aaron, can I spend this American dollar anywhere? Yes, even at Gen Con. Oh, okay. Now, awesome. He also mentioned that he was screwed out of his trophy. Yes. So I present to you, Brent. I had I called the people at Gamers Paradise. I said, "You <laughs> cheapskate bums!" They sent me the that stuff. They also sent me this. This, Brent, is your trophy. Here it is. You can see. Look at that. They got the joystick mounted on top. This actually says 09 down here. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> this right here, Brent, is your gamer's trophy. Finally. The Brent, ladies and gentlemen. Just, give it up for him. Finally, justification. Hey, if we can get some uh if we can get some screenshots in here, let me yeah. try to get all the here he is. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Well done to Brad. Now, Aaron. I hope this close is a painful, because you also said what a big jerk I was to you on the show. So I hope this closes two painful <laughs> episodes of your life. Well, one's better than none, Congratulations, right? Congratulations to Brent. You were the 2009 Gen Con Retro Gaming Tournament Champion for Saturday at 2 p.m. Thank nice you. Job. Nice Thank job. Thank you. Now, I would like to uh, 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 thank a few people for sure. this award. Uh, first, I, of course, want to thank myself for being uh, skilled and amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're pushing it now, yeah. And uh, thank you. That's it. Thank All you, right, everybody. There you go. Everyone important in your life. There you go. Any final thoughts, Brent, before we take this thing to the house? Nope. We'll see you next week for whatever that is. Until then, see ya!